Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I trust that this too shall pass. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're sitting on the couch today to talk about when stuff doesn't go well in your life, how you can have just a few little tiny bite-sized tricks and bits of wisdom to just bring you in, calm you down, reconnect you with inner peace, just in those tiny moments. You know, we're not talking about sitting in an ashram, you know, we're not talking about hours and hours of chanting. Most of us, most of us don't have time for that, (laughs) but every now and then when we hit a brick wall, we just need a little revitalizer and we hope today we can arm you with some tools, little pet-me-ups, little pick-me-ups. Yeah, I don't know about you, Beck, but I'm finding that the world is getting more and more I don't know, chaotic, is that the word? I mean, I see so much to be excited and joyful about that that is occurring and will continue to unfold in the future. However, people individually are going through tough stuff. The highs are high and the lows are low. Like, it, it's very overwhelming as well. You exactly. Know, some of the, the awful stuff that, you know, now that we've got access to so much media and information all the time, we're often seeing stuff that we wish we hadn't seen, you know, things we wanted to unsee oh, or hearing things. Well, I just had that happen yeah. this morning. Or, you know, or hearing... a Beck turned up to meet me at my office to do the recordings and I was in tears because two seconds before, stupid Facebook, there we go, we had to mention it again. This time I've used the word stupid though. Oh, it now plays automatic videos and I accidentally saw the first few seconds of a video that I chose not to see and that's it right. had me in tears. I, anyway. I actually, it's really interesting just on this point, I had a client this morning who um, – it's a really terrible story, but she actually walked in on her ex-husband um, who hung himself and she found him. Oh, and ouch. she has now got little sores all around her eyes. And I tuned into it for her and I said, your eyes are so angry because they saw something they didn't want to see. Wow. Yeah. So the body, you know, the body is amazing like that. But, you know, every day, you know, you might be driving down the side of the road. You might see a parent with a child in the supermarket. You might... Just, you know, and it's not always that. Sometimes it's just, you know, your sister-in-law or your husband's mother or just someone has done something that's just added that little extra bit to your day that you didn't need. Or it could be that you're going through, you know, bigger dramas. There could be um, relationships ending. There could be career instability or job instability. There could be financial problems. Long-term there grief could be or depression. Longing for love Illness. and not having it come to your life. Illness. Mm. And so these are things that are... You know, the, the battles that people are fighting and hopefully are, are moving forward to winning. But in amongst all of this grief and challenge and sadness and anger and every other negative emotion that people are having to experience, I just thought it would be really good to give our best little tips. So not deep ones, just little tips of in that moment when you are feeling completely overwhelmed or when you are feeling incredibly anxious or lost or scared, so fearful, what are some little things that you can bring into your life in that moment to give you a moment of peace, yeah. even if it's just a couple of minutes of peace? Because we know that Take the edge off, you know? You're all doing the deep emotional work, and sometimes that takes a while, and it doesn't always feel great. Deep emotional work can be harrowing and exhausting and that sort yeah. of thing. And, yeah, and that's always going on in the background. But like Jane said, sometimes you just need a, a three-second hit. Well, let's start with the 3 a.m. People waking at three in the morning. Yeah. And is everything not a bigger problem at three in the morning than it is at seven in the morning? Remember all the things you've got to say or ask someone that day and all that stuff comes into your head. Or you start thinking about everything you've got to do and Uh, you just start getting anxious and mm. 
So when that happens to me, I there's a couple of different things that I'll try. The first is breathing, and that is where I breathe in, put your hand on your belly button. I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, but we'll do it again now. And you push your stomach out, and then when you breathe out, you push your chest out. And it's just three really – actually, if it's at 3 a.m., I just keep going until I'm yeah. asleep. Uh, and I just find that really Could slow breathing. And I'm serious. Like, I can't you know, right, I don't know where that one came from. I'm going to chuck that in because, <laughs> you know, I know that sounds all funny, but you know when they talk about, you know, orgasm is a fantastic way to release a migraine because it's instantly going to flood your body with oxytocins, with endorphins, with feel-good chemicals, with relaxants that make you get drowsy. Your whole body can't resist it, so your whole body from head to toe has to surrender and relax. So, you know, seriously, it's a tool. It's well, a actually, tool. for those of you that are in – well, well, you don't have to be in a relationship because you're talking about masturbation. But if you are in a relationship and the last thing that you're feeling like is sex because you're completely overwhelmed by everything, yeah, maybe that's where you need to kind of take one for the team and force yourself through it mm. so that you do have all of these beautiful um, endorphins released into your body. Yeah, nothing nothing gives the body a full-body massage like the relaxants that come with that amazing – the letting go. That, that it's like a sneeze. You can't stop a sneeze, right? You can't, in the middle of a sneeze, stop and have another thought or write an essay or hold it back. Like, you know, there's times when I think we need to just surrender. And when your mind is taking over so much that that mental monkey chatter is just going on and on and on like a stuck record until you just want to kill yourself because you just got to get away from it. Sometimes you need to do something that takes yourself outside of yourself. Um, and, yeah, and I think that something like orgasm, as funny as it sounds, can sometimes be the missing link there. Oh, that's clever advice. Sorry to just – Joan's just giving this lovely breathing yeah, advice. Nice I'm, breathing. Like, I'm like, oh, just have an orgasm. <laughs> so I've gone from nice, relaxed, deep breathing to heavy breathing. <laughs> Panting, as it were. Look, another thing too – look, I'm not a fan of doing this all the time, but if you're finding that you wake up often in the middle of the night and you're the list maker <laughs> and you remember something – or like I will do this particularly at a stressful time – if I'm running a very elaborate event that's got like a lot of intricacy in it, um, there will be that one thing of, oh, my gosh, I forgot to do that. And somehow the 3 a.m. reminder call is actually pretty cool. But then what will happen is I won't enable myself or allow myself rather to go back to sleep fully because I'm scared I'm going to forget that thing I've just remembered. So I have the pan and pen, pa- pad and pen. That's right. Thank you. Pad and pen. Pad and pen. I've been making up words lately, combining two words. Um, Pad and pen by the side of your bed and just make that note. Even if you feel like it's actually waking you more than you already are, you know, you're in that half awake kind of state, wake yourself up, write it down, and then you can go back to sleep knowing that you don't have to try and hang on to that thought for the remaining few hours. That's right. Now, another little thing that I do, which started our affirmation at the beginning, is that this too shall pass because somehow our problems become amplified in the middle of the night. However, this can work any any time of the day or night. Um, when you're worried about something, I want you to really be aware that there have been so many other worries that you've had in your lifetime that have passed and that this too will pass. That's such a cool way to look at it, isn't it? You know, Five years ago, you were lying awake at 3 o'clock in the morning worried about something completely other, totally different, which was the bane of your life at the time, 
And it's not now. And you probably, if I asked yeah. what it was, you couldn't even remember what it was. You've replaced it with a good new one now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's it. In, in, in all jest, um, my, my friend's parents, before they'd go to bed at night, he used to say to her jokingly, now, have you got something to worry about before they went to bed? Because it's like, it just becomes such a natural state of it. I can't go to bed unless I've got something to worry about. Like, you know? Wow. <laughs> we are so bad like that, aren't we? Oh, it's like we can't have permission to just be peaceful. Oh, no. We have to be worried be about doing something. doing something or be active or busy or thinking at the very least, you know? There's another really cute little saying that I, everybody's heard, but I just want to remind them of, which is, will this matter in a, a day, a week, a month, a year? Yeah. Now, the vast majority of things probably won't. And I know that I have worried, look, as a matchmaker, and I put these dinners together for six people, there have been countless times that I have stressed over a particular dinner thinking, I just don't feel this is quite right. I don't know if they're really going to like it. And I'm losing sleep over this. Now, let's put it into perspective. It is six really nice people going to a beautiful restaurant where they're going to be served gorgeous food, and it's up to them whether they have a good time or yeah, not. They're all adults. So, you they know, can look after let themselves. it go. In the grand scheme of things, is it important? No. And sometimes just reminding myself of will it matter in a day? Well, probably will with these people. In a week, not, not at all. On your deathbed? Not at all. Pretty, doesn't doesn't even rate. Pretty low on the priority it, list. It's not even in the glimpse of, you know, <laughs> yeah. that my life passes me by. I, yeah. I get to watch the review of my life. It's not there. No. So sometimes we have to put things into perspective. Yeah. And How is it serving you to worry? You know, yeah. we get a real kick out of worrying because we feel like we're actually controlling or doing something about it. If I think about it a lot, it feels like I'm sort of, I've got it covered or I'm doing something about it. No. It is really hard to surrender, isn't it? Really hard. Why is it so hard to surrender, do you oh, think? Eckhart Tolle, the now moment. It's all that. You don't need to worry about anything until it's happening in the now moment. And for the majority of your life, none of it's happening. It's all just happening in your head, you know? It's like most of the time we're just sitting quite peacefully in the now moment, not doing a whole lot, really. We've touched on this in other podcasts too, but... It, pertinent to this one is that have a look at what it is that you're worrying about because so often it actually is completely fictitious so for example the dinner well they might have gone and had the best night ever and felt like they'd all known each other for five years yeah who am I to know any differently and here but, I'm getting going oh Byron Katie when she says if, if you've got something that you're obsessing about and worrying about and hung up on she just says is it true and then she says how do you know it's true Oh, how, how, how can you know? How do you know? Do you know for sure that it's true? People type that up. Is this true? And how do you know it's true? Do you know? Type for that sure. up, print it out on an A4 piece of paper, whack it up on your office door, wherever it is that you're worrying. I mean, I'm talking about work at the moment, so I've gone office, but whatever it is. You know, my ex left me because I was too overweight, or I never got my university degree because da 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 da. Well, is that true? And how do you know it's true? I like it. It's very powerful. Clever. Clever. Mm. Well, one of the things that I, I have had so many conversations with people about money and their fear of money. Yeah. And, and look, I've had fear of, of money as well. Of I think everybody right. has had that. Exactly. Mm. And when I do, and it will usually happen when there's been a lot of unexpected um, expenses occur, such as, you know, they can be good things. It's like, you know, your children are selected for special opportunities that they're come their way that you want to make it work for them because it's fabulous opportunity or it could be that all of the technology in your business breaks down as I had happened earlier in the year and you've got to replace everything and you know you, you've got thousands going out the door that you weren't expecting and so during those times the fear comes back of oh my gosh you know have I got enough money am I going to pay the bills I want to ask people when was the last time that you couldn't pay a bill 
Now, there may be some listeners that can answer that, but the vast majority will look at me with a blank look and they can't tell me when was the last time a bill couldn't be paid. And so where does this fear come from? The bills get paid. The money comes in. It's it's false fear. Irrational, false evidence appearing Yeah, real. yeah. So whatever it is you're worrying about, ask yourself, have I been in this situation before and did it happen then? And the chances are you're going to be saying no, therefore it's unlikely to happen again now. That's a different kettle of fish if you're worrying about something that has happened before. That's a whole different tools that are needed there. Here's a little fun but deeply connected game, which is a bit like a be-your-own-psychic game. Um, when you really are stressing and you don't know what the outcome of something's going to be or whatever, something that even I do, because it's really hard to be your own psychic, it's like you can't be your own hairdresser, you can't be your own gynecologist, you know, I can't be my own psychic, so it's, just, it's just hard, you know. So sometimes I'll just take lots and lots and lots and lots of little pieces of paper and on every single one I'll write a potential outcome, like a, a possibility. Like, and it could be, you know, let's say I write down every possibility for the next six months. So I say, um, I'll have a book published in August. I'll have a book published in September. I'll have a book published in October. I'll have a book published next year. My book won't get published yet. I will meet somebody, uh, a business person. Uh, I need to go to a seminar. I, I need a massage. Um, I should refunction my house. I need to, like, you just write down every potential outcome or possibility that you can think of. If it's just on one thing, like let's say it's on a boy or a girl, you might want to write down every possible outcome you can think of without relationship. Um, or if it's with a child or situation at work, write down, um, the universe wants me to do, the universe wants, just put, Brain vomit onto every single piece of paper, and then brain vomit. You know what I mean. Every potential brain outcome, dump. real or imagined, just put down every possible road. Turn all the pieces of paper over, mix them up, take a couple of deep breaths, and say to your angels or guides, "I'm now going to select, say maybe two, maybe three pieces of paper, and I want the pieces of paper which are the most deeply aligned with my truth or the real truth of how things currently stand." And reach your hand out very, very knowingly, just. Your first impulse is right. Don't put your hand out, then hover, then stop, then go back. Just the first one that your hand touches will be right. Pick out three and turn them over and just ruminate on them. Just meditate on them. There'll be three little messages right there sitting waiting for you, looking up, looking you in the eyes, saying, this is what you really need to collapse all this down to right now and just concentrate on. And you, and you usually go, uh, and then you pack them all up and you put them away and then the next night you think, I think I just need to do that again and then you do it again and you might sometimes get the same ones or a slightly different one and you go, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I like that. Nice. Another little thing that I find to get a little bit of peace is getting a symbol that represents what your challenge currently is. So. Love it. All right. Well, let's do love. Okay, oh, so. I'll tell you what my symbol was, but you tell Okay, me well, first. well, there's a few different ones, but we'll just do love. Okay, so I have a client who recently said to me, I'm always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I'm sick of it. And I said, okay, let's look at when you've been a bride in life. And she said, well, outside of when I left my husband 15 years ago, I haven't been. And I said, yes, you have. She's seeing a lovely man at the moment. And I said, you just spent last weekend with his family. He took you. You even met his ex-wife. And I said, in that moment, you were his bride. And now he's organized that he wants to come to you to support you in your career when you're, you're doing a thing in Melbourne. He has chosen to be with you. You are his bride. And you're going four-wheel driving with a girlfriend in a couple of weeks' time. 
She has chosen you in that moment to be her bride. So what is the symbol of it? It's of bride, you know, like let's look at what that symbol is and let's break it down into the moments that you are having that are that. So I took it one step further and I told her she had to go to Cheapest Chips, which for those that aren't in Australia, it's a a discount chain where, you you know, everything's one or two dollars or whatever. And I said, I want you to go and get one of those little bride costumes that are designed for size five to nine, age five to nine. And it's got the little bride headband in it with the, the veil on the back. And I said, every time you have a bride moment I want you to pop it on your head so when she gets the text message from the boyfriend that says I'd like you to come out for a gorgeous dinner tonight as you're texting back I want that bride I want that veil on your head because you're having a bride moment that's gorgeous it's cute isn't it but that's getting that peace in that moment instead of looking and like she is anxious and we're working on that because that's really her goal although we're changing that goal um she is having the moments I think symbols are incredibly powerful things. You know, this is why people get tattoos because people will find the one thing that everything they stand for boils down to and they'll get it permanently inked on them to say, this is me, this is, this is the core of who I am. It's, it's very, very powerful stuff. When I was going through some really, really deep emotional stress, um, last year and I was really losing myself and my personal power, um, I, kept getting um, images or signs about the mighty oak tree, which of course is that whole thing where it starts from the tiniest acorn, so it starts really small, but it ends up being this massive tree with a huge root system deep in the ground and nothing can blow it over and it's ancient and stands there forever. Um, and then I suddenly had this memory that on one of my grandmother's old necklaces was a little golden acorn charm. So I went and got that and I wore it around my neck. And then within the same week I was at the playground and my daughter picked up an acorn and handed it to me. And I went and kept it on my bedside table. In fact, it's in my bowl of crystals now. It's crystals and one acorn. Because yes. that kind of symbolism is very pow- it's very weighty and very powerful. And you can, you can hang off that when you need to. Well, I was thinking too, another way of symbolism to have a little bit of peace. Let's go back to the money that we're talking about. A lot of people are stressed about finances. Get that jar. And when you save, let's say that you go to get your weekly shopping and let's say it's $200 and you've bought a whole heap of stuff on special and you actually managed to get it for $180. $20 goes in that jar. And when you have that feeling of anxiousness, I want you to go and look at that jar. Yeah. And just get some peace from the fact that, no, it's okay, I can do it and the, the life's fine and yeah. abundance flows and money flows. It's energy in, it's energy out, it's energy in, it's energy out. Now, while we're talking about energy, I want to share the vacuum technique, which I learned recently. Oh, I haven't heard this one. Okay. Sometimes I have new stuff, Jane. You often have new stuff. I love your new stuff. Sometimes I've been reading on the internet. Um, okay, so – with the relationships in your life, so if, if you're going through a phase in your life where you're feeling drained, and let's face it, it's usually going to be with the dynamic with your significant other. It might be the dynamic with your boss, maybe with a girlfriend, something like that. The close people in your life. So you imagine printed across their forehead is an energy rating, zero to 10, okay? And it's how much energy they're currently giving you. So giving you. Giving you. So are they giving you 10 out of 10 of, of their energy, their presence, their connectedness? Are they giving you a 2 out of 10? Are they kind of a 6? They're coming in and out. If they're around about an 8, you're doing pretty well. It's pretty healthy. Now, now have a look at let, – let's do, let's do this for the purposes of love life because I think it's most um, apparent when it's perhaps a lover, a boyfriend, or a husband. You know, either 
it's a new relationship and he's kind of ducking in and out on you, causing you a lot of stress, or you're in a marriage and you're just feeling drained because you're giving, giving, giving. And let's face it, oxytocin is releasing women when they give. They just want to give, 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 give all the time because we think it pleases people and it makes them happy and then we feel happy. But what happens to our energy rating? Well, it's down to about zero. And how much energy are they giving back to us? Maybe two out of ten, maybe four. The more we give to them, the less they have to give to us. So their energy goes all the way down really low on the spectrum. So stop in the dynamics that you're in and look at the people that you're, that you've got these energy, what's the word? Deadlocks with, like a headlock, like you're held in a, in a pattern. And recognize that you are being drained and depleted because you're giving too much and the other person is not meeting you. So stop. And this is the hardest thing for a woman to do. Maybe even for some men that are listening, but you need to, if that's your pattern, you need to stop and retreat until that person notices the vacuum suck. You've got to create some space in the vacuum. And then they go, oh, there's a bit of a, a gap here, a bit of a hole. I need to step forward and, and fill that hole. Someone's got to fill this, this hole now. And they step forward and give a bit of energy back to you. And then the ratings start to, to align again and go back up and meet each other. So small ways to catch yourself in life where you are draining your, whether it's your love tank, your energy tank, you know, your vitality tank, and just play the watchdog, step back, create space. This is healthy boundary work. Hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, how would that work with a 15-year-old daughter? <laughs> no wonder you get so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So other little tools for peace um, is getting in the now moment. So when you're going about your day and you're anxious um, or straight, whatever it is that's going on, and you just need, just give me a moment's peace. I just need to have a break in this. I'm going to topple over the edge if I don't have a little break. Is as we've said before, getting in the now moment. Stopping, observing nature is the most beautiful thing. Sit there and play a game with your mind. Stare at the biggest tree that you can and count or have a look at how many different shades of green or at this time of year, autumn, how many different colors of leaves can you see on the tree? What is the, the wind doing? Are there water droplets that are coming off of them? Follow the path of water, you know, if there's rain. Do you know something really shallow but hilariously relevant is that Instagram has taught me to appreciate light because whenever you take a photo, you can run it through 25 different light filters to make it look this dark, you know, light, black and white, whatever. So now when I'm driving, I'm looking at the light thinking how often the light changes that we never appreciate. Sometimes it is muted, you know, or it's really dazzlingly bright or it's very grey or it's, you know, it's just amazing. Beautiful. That's not shallow. That gets you in the now moment. Thanks, Instagram. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What are some of the other tools that you do well, to, in, in to just note, take the edge off? The now moment stuff. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to practice, even with your spirituality. If every morning when you wake up, you say to the universe, uh, today I expect a wonderful surprise. And you put that out there, go with your day, don't think about it. At the end of the day, you check in and you think, what was the surprise I received today? And you think back through everything. And you find what it was. Might be small, might be big, might be more than one. I think these are beautiful things we can do to stay grounded and stay in gratitude because when you are in constant gratitude, which is what Jane's talking about, you appreciate nature, you, you give your thanks, you look for goodness in the world, in your own reality. And when you emit that vibration of gratitude, you're saying to the universe, um, it's always like I have enough or I am enough or I am I am full. I, I am. I have what I need, and it's not in a detrimental way. It's in a. 
it's in a way that the universe then holds up more mirrors to, 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 to mirror back that that's true. So then they start to show you, and you have enough money, and you have enough love, you know, and you have enough friendship, and you, you have enough support, and you have enough opportunity. And, and you, so you keep telling the universe that you have it all, and the universe starts showing you that you have it all. It's, it's a game you can play. Yeah. Well, let's do it right now. Let's all just stop here now and just say, what was the saying that we're, what are we asking the universe, universe for? So we're saying, um, by the time I go to bed tonight. By the time I go to bed tonight. I will receive. I will receive. Uh, an unexpected surprise. An unexpected surprise. A beautiful gift, a miracle, however you want to phrase it. I was going to say, do I, can I say a good surprise? Put it an affirmation, Jane. <laughs> Word quaint. All right. So we'd love to hear from everybody if they want to let us know mm. what their surprise was for But the you've day. got to do this every day. This isn't a once-off. You, you need to train yourself, as Jane says, gather the evidence. You've really got to start to do this every single day to realize that the universe is a very friendly place. It's a very supportive place. The universe is a yes universe. So whatever you ask for, it's going to give to you. And that's the whole Esther and Jerry Hicks thing about be very careful where your thoughts are going to attract their power because if you are going to lie awake in bed at night, three o'clock in the morning, and worry about all the bad stuff that could possibly happen to you or your loved ones in your life, well, you know. Which does bring me, of course, to the, the <laughs> other thing that I do do at 3 a.m. is I start counting my blessings. Yeah. I go through my gratitude of what I'm grateful for and whatever it is that I was was worrying about actually kind of just dissipates mm. because now I'm realizing it doesn't even rate. It rated so much that it woke me up at 3 a.m. and would not let me get back to sleep. And yet through the power of gratitude and appreciation and doing a rampage of, of love for what I'm grateful for in my life, suddenly the problem just doesn't matter. And so much of the problem with worry and feeling stressed and drained and stuff, it's resistance. And this goes back to the now moment stuff too. It's when you cease to resist the flow of life with what's presenting, with reality, with energy, it's actually so relaxing. Just go with the flow, you know. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to like it. You know, you might feel out of your depth. You might feel like you can't trust it. You have issues surrendering to it. Is this really all there is? This is unfair. Is it going to get worse? I didn't deserve this. You know, well, sometimes life's just like that. And you don't have to understand in the moment. Maybe later in this lifetime you'll realize what the lesson was. Maybe you never will. Maybe maybe we don't know. Maybe some stuff is just random and it's hurtful and painful and it just is. But as long as you're resisting it, you're actually the one who's perpetuating the awfulness of the situation within your own self. And you're perpetuating the horror or the abuse or the emotions or whatever by maintaining that wavelength. So we just want to take a deep breath. This is tied in with our forgiveness episode, really. And it's just allowing, surrendering, letting go, making peace with the fact that there's divine order to the universe. You don't need to play God and understand your role in all of it. Just surrender and trust and be. Sometimes I also surrender. It's a little thing that I have done a few times lately. Is we Well, we did that episode on the tail wagging the dog. Yeah. Is that I can become completely overwhelmed by how many emails need responding to, and especially when people are sending them a second time saying, I haven't heard back from you. And I just think, I'm not going to get to them all. And so I actually just shut the laptop and I walk away and I think, well, I don't want to disappoint anyone, but this is my life and I've got to take charge. And right now I need to step away. I need to go and do something else because I'm overwhelmed. And it's just walk away. Just walk away. And there's not going to be any huge repercussions. No. Nothing dreadful. No. 
it's not. It's there really might not. be a few people out there that are now saying that, you know, Jane's unreliable, she never got back to me or whatever. Well, well maybe I'm sorry, that's never the intent, but I'm not going to actually, not at my expense, if that makes sense. That might sound really harsh, but I found it very empowering to actually be able to do that. And the last thing I want to mention is life force. When your own is a bit depleted, go and find some. And what does that mean? Well, it might mean that if you're lucky enough to have something growing outside in a veggie patch or on a tree, go and pick it, go and smell it, go and feel the sun-warmed flesh of the piece of fruit or the vegetable. It might just mean go out and pick a mint leaf or, you know, or a basil leaf or a herb or a blade of grass and put it in your mouth and chew it. It might mean go outside and lick the dewdrops off, off a petal or run your fingers through the rain-wet ivy on a fence, you know, or plunge your fingers into the, the earth and just, you know, open it up a bit and smell smell the wet earth. You need to put yourself back in the way of true life force. If you're lucky enough to be near the sea, go and get some energy from the waves or the salt. And some things like that just can completely rinse and refresh you. It's like they literally give you a good old aura and etheric layers and your internal physical, spiritual, emotional layers, just a really good rinse and cleanse, like a quick shower, and um, just wash it all off and ground. Thank you for joining us today. I trust that this too shall pass. And it will. And Jane and I are always here to hold your hand and give you a kick up the bum or a pick-me-up or whatever you need <laughs> every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com. Please keep sending us your beautiful messages through Facebook. Which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. You can get individual counselling and coaching intuitively uh, from Jane and myself. I'm rebeccadetman.com. I'm janedonovan.com.au. And uh, until next week, just breathe. Relax. Have a gorgeous week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.